This message was preached as pulpit supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Good morning. If you would turn your Bibles to Micah, Micah chapter 5. Micah chapter 5. This morning our minds and our hearts are turned toward Bethlehem. We live in a broken world. We live in a world where there is sickness, where there is sin, where there is death, where there is sadness, where there is depression. We think of all the things that are just not the way they are supposed to be. When we look at creation, in the very beginning, God created all things and He said, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is good. And yet we live in a world today where it is not the way that it is supposed to be. We have so many things that bring us sadness. We read in the early chapters of Genesis... Hold your finger there in Micah if you want to look at uh, Genesis chapter 3. We know that Adam and Eve, the first human pair, sinned against God by eating of the forbidden fruit after being tempted by the serpent. And in Genesis chapter 3, beginning in verse 14, he pronounces a curse upon the serpent, yet it's a promise for Adam and Eve. Beginning in verse 14 in Genesis chapter 3, it says, The Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all the beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Christmas is what the whole Bible is about, in a way. From these very early chapters in Genesis, we see there is a promise because of the curse that we live in. Because of the curse in which we have to toil and sweat. Because of the curse that brings death into the world and sickness and pain and all of these things, God has said that He's going to send a seed of the woman a descendant of Eve, a child would be born who would crush the head of the serpent. That promise there at the beginning of Genesis is played out throughout all of the rest of the Old Testament. We see it as Cain and Abel. You know, Eve gives birth to Cain and Abel. And and as Cain is born, she's thinking, maybe this is that one. Maybe this is that seed of the woman that will be the one who crushes the serpent's head. And then she has Abel and Cain kills Abel, destroying her hopes. And yet Seth is born. And we follow that line of Seth and we come down to the time of Noah and and Noah's father, whenever he is born, he says, let's call his name Noah because that means rest because maybe he'll be the one who brings us rest from our toil and labor. Maybe he'll be the one who brings us rest from the curse. 
This curse that we experience as we experience death and pain and sadness and all of the things that bring us down. This promise of Christmas was something that goes back to these early chapters. We see it in Genesis whenever God calls Abraham out of the land of the Chaldees and tells him to go to a land that he would show him. And he tells him he will have a seed. He will have a son one day who will bless all nations. And we see that that gets narrowed down even further. I believe you guys talked about it in Sunday school last week when it comes to David. This son of Abraham, David, who a king that was from from Abraham's line who was promised he would have a son who would sit on his throne forever. David was promised this. This king that would sit on the throne forever was was still a continuation of this same promise from Genesis that there would be a seed of the woman who would come and crush the serpent's head. We see other places throughout the prophets this pointing back to a a child that would be born. Isaiah in chapter 7 tells us of a virgin that will be with child and we will call His name Emmanuel, God with us. This seed of the woman, this child that would be born. Isaiah tells us we'll be born of a virgin. He'll be God with us. And then in chapter 9, just two chapters later, it says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God. This child that would be born would be called Almighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. All of these promises are just an unpacking of this first promise that we see there in Genesis 3, where there will be a child that will be born who will crush all of our enemies, the seed of the serpent. And Micah here is reflecting on that same promise. God's people Israel had been disobedient to Him. God's people Israel had, had the, the, the rich among Israel had oppressed the poor. They had, had treated them with violence. And, and they said, oh, God won't bring judgment on us. God won't bring judgment on us because isn't the presence of the Lord with us? We see in an earlier chapter in in Micah where where the people say, oh, the presence of the Lord is with us. He won't come and destroy us. They're thinking, oh, we have the temple here. We have the temple. But God tells them the temple has just become another high place to you. The high places were those places where the, the idols were worshipped, where the people would go and worship idols. And He tells them the temple, that place that, that Solomon had built... It's just become another high place to you. You worship me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. And so God is bringing judgment on the people there of Israel. But He promises, in the midst of that judgment, just like that first promise, there was a judgment on the serpent, there was a judgment on man and woman, but in the midst of that judgment, there's a promise. Here, 
There's a judgment that's coming upon Israel. And in the midst of that, he tells us, but you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth one who is to be ruler in Israel. This is the one that he's pointing forward to. This one that Isaiah called God with us. This one that was the seed of Abraham, the seed of the woman, was coming in Bethlehem. Let's read the whole text, beginning in verse 1 of Micah chapter 5. Now muster your troops, O daughter of troops. Siege is laid against us. With a rod they strike the judge of Israel on the cheek. But you, O O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure for now. He shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. When the Assyrian comes into our land and treads in our palaces, then we will raise against him seven shepherds and eight princes of men, They shall shepherd the land of Assyria with the sword and the land of Nimrod at its entrances. And he shall deliver us from the Assyrian when he comes into our land and treads within our border. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear as we hear your word this morning. Lord, help me to be clear that I might lift up the gospel of Jesus Christ above all things. And Father, I pray that you would give me grace. Use a weak and sinful man for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. It begins in verse 1, Now muster your troops, O daughter of troops. He's telling him, there, there's a siege coming. There go, the, the Assyria is coming upon Israel. And, and Micah here, he's prophesying around the same time of Isaiah. And, and this siege is coming. They're going to be coming uh, against Israel. And Micah is telling them, Get ready. Get your troops together. Get ready a defense, O daughter of troops. As he calls them, O daughter of troops, maybe he's, he's talking about them being a violent people and how he's talked in the book of Micah about how they have oppressed the poor and been violent. He's calling them, O daughter of troops. Now muster your troops. A siege is laid against us. 
With a rod they strike the judge of Israel. Uh, in the earlier days, before Israel had a king, their leader was called a king. Well, it's called a judge. And even in the, the the kingly era, whenever Israel had a king, one of the functions that the king had was to judge, to to try cases that were brought before him. We see that in Solomon, whenever he had the the two women that brought the baby, and they didn't know which which. Mother was the real mother. The king, the king of Judah, the one who was the, 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 uh, the seed of David, the son of David, the one who upon the, the messianic promises were to be held, was struck on the cheek. Struck on the cheek. How embarrassing a thing. As, as God's enemies was coming and, and He was going to judge His people. But in the midst of this, when things looked bad, He still had a promise for Bethlehem. For Bethlehem. Things look bad in our lives sometimes. Sometimes we face sickness, Cancer, pains, arthritis. I had a herniated disc about 15 years ago, and by God's grace, the pain went away about 15 years ago. I I, I experienced pain for like three months, and it just wouldn't go away, and finally it went away. And here within the last month, I have the sensation of the same pain coming down my other leg. We feel these aches and pains. We feel, we, we see it in, in, our, in our children being disobedient sometimes. And the frustration there that, that there is. And, and not knowing what to do. Or, or when we tell them what to do, they still don't listen. <laughs> Things are not the way they're supposed to be. But, He promises, there's one coming. From Bethlehem. There's one coming from Bethlehem. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah. Ephrathah is another name for Bethlehem. We, we may think of whenever um, David was found among Jesse's sons, and Jesse was an Ephrathite. Uh, or, or even think back even further to, to David's grandmother and uh, Ruth, uh, who, who married o, Obed, and, or not Obed, uh, uh, Boaz. But her first husband, it said, he was an Ephrathite. This, this town, Bethlehem, in which the, the, these people that were in this messianic line were from, and David, it was his hometown when The author here, when Micah points to Bethlehem, he's pointing to the town, the city of David. The the king that was on the throne in Jerusalem may be mocked by having his face slapped. But Bethlehem still has an awaited king. Still has a king. Even whenever Jerusalem is destroyed and and the Babylonians take them away into captivity, Bethlehem will still be there. 
waiting for a king to come out from, from there. Bethlehem, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah. It's a little place. It's an insignificant place. It's not Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the place that has the temple, right? Jerusalem, the place where the king is and the temple is. You would think the the messianic seed, the, the son of David would be born in a palace, right? But no, we know the prophecy that he would come was that he would come from Bethlehem, and we know that he wasn't just born in Bethlehem, but he was born in a barn. <laughs> he was born in a stable with the ox and the lambs all around. In a low, low place. Bethlehem, this place that is too little to even consider. It wasn't even on their radar for the Messiah to come from. But Micah says, this is where the Messiah is coming from. From you shall come forth for me one who will be ruler in Israel. This one who will be the the, the fulfillment of this promise to David. You will have a son sitting on a throne forever. One who will be ruler in Israel. Whose going coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. And we know Jesus who came and was born in Bethlehem. And who gave His life as a ransom for us. He existed from all eternity. It tells us here His coming forth from of old, from ancient days. And John tells us in John chapter 1, and the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Nothing was made without Him. And the Word became flesh, verse 14, and dwelt among us. It's a future person that's coming from Micah's point of view. There's a future person coming who is the ruler of Israel, who is the promise that would come from the line of David. Yet, he's telling us here in this verse, he is from long ago. He was there at creation. He was the one who flung the stars into space. He was the one who was promised when God said the seed of the woman would crush the serpent's head. Therefore, He shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of His brothers shall return to the people of Israel. Micah is telling God is going to give His people over to judgment. He's going to give them over to judgment until the time when she who is in labor will give birth. So the judgment is still going to come. Israel is going to be wiped out by the Assyrians. The Babylonians are going to come and they're going to take away the people into Babylon, into a captivity. And they will be gone. And yet there will be a time when the rest of His brothers shall return. The people of Israel will be brought back into the land. Whenever it says here, until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Let's look back just across the page in chapter 4 beginning in verse 9. 
It says, Now why do you cry out loud? Is there no king in you? Has your counselor perished? What pain seized you like a woman in labor? Writhe and groan, O daughter of Zion, like a woman in labor. For now you shall go out from the city and dwell among the open country. You shall go down to Babylon. There you shall be rescued. There the Lord will redeem you from the hands of your enemies. I think oftentimes we've looked at this passage and and we see until the the time when she was in labor is given birth and we think we jump all the way to to Mary. We we think this must be Mary. But if we just look in the context of the book, we just look in the chapter before it, I think what he's talking about is, is... Jerusalem, the the remnant will still have this messianic seed within it. And though they're being taken into Babylon, they will return and this messianic seed will be given birth. So it's not directly on Mary, but it's the, the, the Messiah, the messianic seed will still remain in the people until the time when that baby is born in Bethlehem. Verse 4. And he shall stand. Who's he? Jesus, that's right. And he shall stand. Talking about this ruler who will rule over Israel. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Jesus said he is the good shepherd. His sheep know His voice and they follow Him. Jesus is that great shepherd. He shall stand and shepherd His flock in the strength of the Lord and the majesty of of the name of the Lord His God. And they shall dwell secure, for He shall be great to the ends of the earth. Not just in Bethlehem, not just in Israel, not just in Judah, but to the ends of the earth. Here, Micah, as he's pointing to Bethlehem where the Messiah was to be born, he has hopes also that this child who would be born would be great to the ends of the earth. And here we are in Pleasant Mound. And Jesus is great to the ends of the earth. And He shall be their peace. Jesus is our peace. We were once at enmity with God. Our sin made us His enemies. We were rebels with our fists shaking at God. And yet, Jesus, as He came, as He died, He was the propitiation for our sins. And He made our peace. He appeased the wrath of God. So that we who believe in the Son, who believe in the One who came to Bethlehem, who is the Great Shepherd, who is the One who all the promises were fulfilled in, He is our peace. We can have peace with God because of this baby that was born in Bethlehem. Still in verse 5. When the Assyrian comes into our land and treads in our palaces, then we shall raise against him seven shepherds and eight princes of men. 
They shall be shepherd, they shall shepherd the land of Assyria with the sword, with the land of Nimrod, and the land of Nimrod at its entrances, and he shall deliver us from the Assyrian when he comes into our land and treads our border. Now Assyria is the power, the world power at the time that is coming against Israel. And yet by the time that this Messiah is born in Bethlehem, Assyria is no longer a major world player. At that time, it's the Romans, isn't it? I think Assyria here is being used similarly to how we see the term Babylon used in the book of Revelation. Assyria is here being used as as the powers of this world who are united against God and against His anointed one. And when those when the Assyrian comes, when our enemies come, when the enemy of the people of God comes against us, he will raise up seven shepherds and princes of men. Now, I think here this is uh, an un, uh, not literally seven shepherds or kings. It says eight, uh, seven shepherds or eight princes of men. You know how in the Proverbs, for three and for four, there's this, this, this uh, literary device, for three and for four, or there are seven things the Lord hates. Yes, eight. You know, uh, there's an indistinct, undetermined number here. And I I think what he's saying here is, is, this is difficult. Uh, There is some level of interpretation here. But basically, I think these stand for Jesus. And that when the enemies come against us, Jesus will shepherd them like with a sword. When our enemy comes against them, he, us, he will defeat them. He will put them down utterly. When our enemy comes against us, he will be the one who crushed the serpent's head. He defeated our enemies as he died upon the cross and as he rose again. He defeated our enemies as he defeated death. All that from Micah chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. We live in a broken world. We see the evidence every day from aches and pains, from just not wanting to get up in the morning, <laughs> from our, our, our organs not working right and, 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 and having a lack of energy. All of these different things that just, this just seem to drag us down and our sinful nature and the, the desires that we have that we don't want to have. All of these things are indications of the curse. But the One who is born in Bethlehem causes us to sing, No more let sin and sorrows grow nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make His blessings flow far as the curse is found. He came to put an end to the curse. And we live now 
In a time that is already but not yet. We see the promise fulfilled in Jesus. We see that He has died, defeated death, and rose again. And yet, we still die. We still get sick. We, we live in this time between the times. When we're, our hope is still a future-oriented hope. We're looking forward to a time when He comes again and He puts all of His enemies under His feet. We're looking forward to a time when He comes again and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Yet in this age, we trust in His work. We trust in and believe in what He has done. Believing in something we can have confidence in. Jesus rose from the dead. He is the first fruits. We look at His resurrection and it's how we can know that one day we'll be resurrected again. We live in a world that is still affected by the curse. But the seeds have been planted. And one day, the mustard seed will be a full tree. And this baby that was born in Bethlehem will rule from sea to sea. Thank you.